Kia ora e ma and welcome or welcome back to the Imperfect People podcast. My name is Nora Quigley and I'm your host. This is a space where we get to openly share and celebrate about the imperfect people that we all are. And we do this by having conversations with incredible, cool and open people. This is the first week that we're bringing somebody else onto the podcast and that is so exciting. This week's guest is Courtney Davies. Courtney is a 26-year-old incredible Wahine Toa who's multi-talented across lots of areas, some of which include being an Oceania renowned chicken judge, representing Aotearoa as a royal ambassador, discovering four new viruses, and her involvement with My Farm Base Africa, which encompasses remotely teaching 6,000 people about sustainable agriculture. And as much as I'd love to tell you about her academic research as a scientist, I will most definitely butcher all of the scientific terminology and I won't do it justice. However, I can confidently tell you that she is a microbiology queen. Currently, she works as a logistics and programs manager at Blake New Zealand, which was formerly known as the Sir Peter Blake Trust. And it was through their programs that I had the privilege of meeting Courtney. Initially on their Blake Inspire program in 2021, and most recently on a Blake expedition to Dapple Sound. So if you want to meet cool people like Courtney, I highly suggest getting involved with any of their programs. All of this and more led to Courtney winning the Global Impact Award at last weekend's New Zealand Impact Awards, where we get to celebrate not only her for what she does, but for who she is. Beyond her materialistic achievement, she is a gifted leader, an intentional friend, and an awesome advocate for both the environment and women in agriculture, as well as the intersectionality between the two of them. She's also a lover of cows and she might tell us about her cows throughout today's episode. And it's for all of these reasons that I wanted Courtney to be the first person to come and quote it all with us. Hey Courtney, thanks for coming on. Hey Nora, so good to be here. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself beyond what I've already introduced you as? Yeah, for sure. I think you did a really good introduction, made me sound really good, so I really appreciate that. I think the, <laughs> the being of who I am, just really enjoy being out and about in the environment, being able to have a positive influence on the people around me and just inspire our next generation through some of the opportunities that I've been really privileged and really grateful to be part of. So anything from talking about cows and chickens to microbes uh, and everything in between. So yeah, just being able to be at that intersectionality between the environment, agriculture and our future leaders. And I think you do that so well. So we'll get into the podcast. Um, and the question of the basis for the podcast is, what does being imperfect mean to you? Oh, got to start strong. Good start with that question. I think being perf- imperfect to me is just being okay and understanding that there is really no definition of being perfect. And I think everyone's on their own journey. Everyone's got their own definition of what's working, um, what's being perfect, what's being imperfect. And I definitely look back and over the last few weeks, I've definitely taken in some self-reflection and some of the challenges that I've gone through and I think imposter syndrome is a big part of being imperfect feeling that you're not quite the right person for the opportunity or you're not quite the right person to have received an award or, or an accolade so just yeah being imperfect is understanding and appreciating all of those challenges that come with the journey but also realizing that they you're not defined by them yeah definitely and I think imposter syndrome is incredibly prevalent especially um within women here in Aotearoa do you feel as though being imperfect um, has helped you try to combat this like thinking of being imperfect as a positive light rather than a negative one definitely I think that it's really hard to overcome challenges like imposter syndrome but 
at the end of the day, I just have to kind of check in with myself and just ask, am I doing whatever I'm doing for the right reasons? Am I having fun? And most importantly, if I'm not having fun or if I'm not enjoying what I'm doing, there's really no point in doing it. But if I am having fun, as cliche as it sounds, and that's kind of as closest to perfect I'm going to get, as long as it's getting good mahi and good results out of what I'm doing and doing it for the right reasons. So it's, it's hard to battle imposter syndrome, but just knowing that I've got my own circumstances and my own journey that I'm walking along, I think that's really important. Yeah, definitely. In terms of having fun um, in a professional light, what do you think has been the highlight of your career so far? Oh, and I'm not saying this just because you're in the room, Nora, but I think definitely being part of the Blake Inspire programs and being able to connect and work with our, I don't want to say future leaders because these are the leaders at the moment um, of our current leaders and our rangatahi and just being surrounded by young people doing amazing things is just such a an amazing inspiration and, and positive influence. So I think, yeah, just being able to have access to such a rich resource of um, talented minds to be able to help them on their journeys has been, yeah, something that I've been a real highlight of my professional life so far. Yeah, um, a cheeky wee plug for Blake Inspire. What would you say to anyone that was wanting to apply but feels as though they're not good enough to do so? Definitely. I was in that position a few years ago, especially during high school, thinking there are so many other people that are going to get this opportunity over me. They're going to get the scholarship, this opportunity. So just give it a go. I always say to people, the worst you can hear is no, and you probably hear that from your parents and guardians and people around you all the time. So it's, you're not going to be anywhere else off if you try for something and don't get it. But then just imagine what you'd have missed out on if you didn't try. Uh, and often at times, especially with scholarships and opportunities, there are more opportunities than there are people applying for them. So definitely just back yourself, get involved and cheeky plug for Blake Inspire if you're a year 11 to 13 student next year. Applications open in January on our website. So just look up Blake Inspire if you're keen on all things environmental uh, leadership and just fun times. Yeah, how did you get into the environmental space? Was it through um, being involved in opportunities like Blake Inspire or was it something else? Definitely, I think going back to what I was saying before, it's just being able to enjoy what I'm doing and having fun. So just growing up around cows, having fun, just being out with my cattle out and about and then understanding the complexities between agriculture and, and the environment and sustainability and wanting to explore that. Heard about the Blake Ambassador Program a few years ago. Thought I'd give that a go. Why not? Didn't get it the first time. That's all good. Applied again the second year. Got it again. And so that was really cool. And participated in a freshwater program for a few months down based in Canterbury um, throughout the South Island. So I learned a little bit more about the importance of our environment there. Stayed in contact. Put myself forward for volunteering opportunities with back in the day Sir Peter Blake Trust before it became Blake. And then a position came up. So got more involved there and just taking opportunities saying yes to so many different things was really helpful I think to get where I am now and just being able to try new things as well because when you're young you've got so much opportunity and I sound like such an old person saying this but back in the day when you're young and you've got lots of energy and time you can do all these things and try different things and you don't know what you don't know really until you give it a go. Yeah definitely have you found that like throughout your time in the environmental and agricultural spaces that like the opportunities for women in leadership have increased or do you feel as though they've still um, are flying a little bit under the radar? Definitely I think when we talk about some of the challenges in these spaces I think we're seeing more women in leadership positions I wouldn't necessarily say it's, it's equal because it's definitely not but at the same time I think the challenge that's coming up was not necessarily gender-based but it's age-based and we're seeing a lot of inequity and challenges around giving young people a voice and providing them a genuine seat at the table. And so yeah, that's just definitely something I've seen in those areas themselves, a lot of kind of men leading these conversations, 
saying that yes they want to have women we need to sort of end these kind of challenges of patriarchy but we want to bring women through but we're not seeing that actually happening so yeah there's, there's definitely a space to bring more wahine in but also younger people as well authentically yeah definitely have you found that that's been a challenge over your both professional career as well as like just your personal lifestyle that it has been a bit hard trying to being such a talented young person as well as being a woman um that you feel as though sometimes your potential has been underestimated oh, definitely I think I've been involved with governance for the last five or six years now and even through three or four different boards that I've been involved with just seeing the conversations hearing the type of conversation and seeing who's sitting around me at the table it does not necessarily feel representative of the groups or organisations we're trying to serve. So both professionally and personally, so many barriers um, to overcome to feel that you deserve to be where you are. And that kind of comes back to the whole imposter syndrome being imperfect. Is this, am I the right person for this? Is there someone else out there? But kind of trying to tell myself in the meantime that um, there is a space that needs to be filled. And I think at the moment that yes, I am the right person for it. So being able to at least advocate for the for the people around me is really important. But so much yeah so many developments needed in that space yeah definitely and I think a huge thing in terms of like the imperfect conversation around allowing ourselves to have grace is that we a lot of the time try to juggle so many things in order to advocate wholeheartedly to try and ensure that there are those positions of leadership um for minority groups and so do you feel as though sometimes um you like, have you ever experienced burnout and has it been because of the likes of feeling as though you have to push yourself? And if so, have um, what are your tips to combat it? Definitely. And I feel like a story I probably haven't told many people because to me it's kind of embarrassing as well because it doesn't seem like a big deal. I don't think it seems like a big deal to the outside world, but obviously it was a really big deal to me was a few years ago when I was um, partway through my, my master's in natural sciences at university and felt like I just really enjoy learning about viruses and bacteriophages. So I'll talk about them shortly. And I just yeah, enjoyed what I was doing. So it led me into my master's and doing a lot of lab work. I soon started to realize that, oh, no, I should have had more of a microbiology background in undergrad. I should have done more biochemistry or genetics. And just seeing all the people around me going to lab meetings and everyone was doing so well and having all these results and my results weren't working. And it was, yeah, definitely a struggle. And it kind of made me wonder, do I love what I do still? Do I want to be down this path? How will I ever finish this master's? I'm about a third of the way into a two-year program. Uh, I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't feel like I should be here and definitely burnout just factored in with a whole lot of other things going on at the time. Yeah, definitely felt the effects of burnout there. But my tips and tricks, I guess, to support that is just, I wish I'd known at the time, but like, it's okay not to have to be perfect at everything. And that comes back to the whole kōrero around being an imperfect person is that to me, I was just doing doing my own thing, wanting to to do the right thing. But yeah, not, not realising that other people also feeling the exact same. People came coming up to me going, wow, your talk was really cool, your project's really cool. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but to other people, they feel the same way that I did. So I think it's it's easy to say you're not alone, but it's definitely definitely the case. Yeah, no, that is so true. Um, changing the conversation a little bit, I want to know about your cows as well as the viruses um, that you've discovered in your incredibly um, academic, scientific and well as leadership heavy career. Um, so tell us about them. How did you discover them? Was it during your MBA or was it outside of that? Yeah, so yeah, going back to that, what we we're just chatting about with viruses. So I did a Bachelor of Natural Sciences as my undergrad. I guess just really enjoyed being in science, but also learning about the natural world and, and the place that business has in it. So natural sciences, my degree at Massey seemed like a perfect fit. And then that led me into my 
Master of Natural Sciences, but during it was just during a second year paper. It was a compulsory paper learning about viruses and bacteriophages. So fun virus fact, bacteriophages are viruses that only infect bacteria. So we like to think of them as a good virus most of the time, and they're actually more phages, bacteriophages on Earth, and there are stars in the observable universe. So lots of viruses all around us. Are wow. the most virus. Very cool. And through that, we learn about the whole scientific process. So from discovering something through to publishing, through to what that looked like. And um, yeah, in that, in that case, because they're so abundant, it, was, it wasn't too difficult, I want to say, um, to discover a new virus, but found it in the soil sample. There's so much going on in our soil, all these microbes and cool opportunities. And then from there, got to name it, got to publish it, and then got to actually present my research on behalf of our class over at the um, HHMI Institute over in the United States. So that was a really cool opportunity and a first kind of glimpse into the science world and what that means. And I just got hooked. I think every kind of young person who wants to go into science wants to discover something and name something that no one's ever seen before. So it was a bit of a, a tick um, from my kind of old childhood dreams to be able to actually go through and discover something new. So definitely recommend microbiology for that. Yeah. Do you think that you saw yourself um, like, I'm in year 13 at the moment and a lot of the listeners will be as well. Do you think that you envisioned yourself like in year 13 towards the end of high school going on to discover something like that or was it more of a sporadic career change? I think it was a bit sporadic I would say um, going through high school and not being a head girl. I was a prefect but I never felt really like made to be kind of anyone important from the teachers or people around me. It always felt like they had the kind of picks as to who's going to succeed in life and I don't think I necessarily ticked that box for them. So not really knowing what I wanted to do in university. I didn't have a path that I wanted to be a doctor or a lawyer or something that you go down a specific prescribed degree through. So for me, just wanting to jump into that natural sciences realm and do a little bit of everything kind of got me into the degree I was doing and kind of just learnt along the way. So I don't feel that necessarily, especially for our younger listeners, that you have to know what you want to do when you go into university. And maybe university isn't for you. There could be other opportunities um, but yeah, don't feel that you have to have it all figured out because I definitely don't. And I definitely still don't have it all figured out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are your aspirations going forward? I know um, definitely we feel as though it's a big question when, you know, you're 18, but I feel as though when you're reaching that like midway through your career, you're also feeling as though there's also more aspirations to come. And so do you have any or are you just looking up for open opportunities at the moment? I think I've been really privileged and I was sort of reflecting on this recently that all of my sort of dreams and goals at the moment, well, most of them, not all of them, I've been able to achieve. So it almost, I think that's defining yourself by saying I've got to do this by this age or I've got to do this and this and this almost puts more pressure on yourself that now that you've defined it, you have to go and actually solve it or do it or achieve it. But I think being, maybe it's just my mindset, but being more kind of flexible around it and going, this would be cool to do this, but it's not going to be the end of the world if I do or don't do it. And maybe something else will come up on the way. And I think aspirations wise, Oh, it's such a tough one. Someone recently asked me what I wanted to do when I was in, in 15 years time. And then I reflected that I'd be 41 then. And that kind of like gave me a bit of a fright. So I try not to think too far ahead, but I just want to be able to have, <laughs> have a positive influence on the people around me. And if I can support at least one person, um, and especially through the work in the environmental kind of education space, being able to interact and speak to our young people and give them more ideas and suggestions just for life and what's going out in the world. Um, is something that I find really fulfilling as well not so much a I must have got a PhD by the sage or changed the world by the sage I think that can be ambition is good but it's also limiting in a way yeah definitely in the same way that like perfectionism kills passion almost um, mm -hmm. do you find that like 
because I definitely think um, I'm most definitely a testament of a lot of the other Blake Inspire delegates as to just how influential you are um, in our time at Blake. But what would you say to your younger self? Do you feel that um, a lot of the knowledge and the wisdom that you're passing on to the Langatahi that you work with is what you would have your younger self would have wanted to hear? Yeah, I think so. I hope so, at least. I think that back in the day when I was a little young, awkward, still am, um, young person, that there's just, you don't really know what the future is going to hold for you. My first job um, outside of university was teaching people about the environment using virtual reality and technology, and that was never a job that you would do or you would think about doing. It never really existed in high school. So I think just understanding that, yeah, going back to the idea that everyone's on their same path, on a different path, um, they're all they're all unique and they're all just as important as the others. And just not to not to worry. I think I part of me thrives off sort of stress and anxiety around all of this, but at the same time, it's yeah, it's just being able to be open and not not worry. But I know that's really difficult to say with climate anxiety and lots of other challenges um, facing our young people. But just yeah, like just to be okay, like everything's okay, like you're on your own timeline don't have to worry um and just yeah telling myself to chill out would be my <laughs> my advice yeah what um practical tip would you give not necessarily to your younger self um but to the up-and-coming Courtney to the person that's keen to make a change in the science world and that is passionate about climate change and all the things that it encompasses oh that's a really good one you got all these hard-hitting questions Nora <laughs> the practical tip I would give myself is probably just to stay focused I think that there's so many it's almost the kind of craziness around all the opportunities that are around you and wanting to do all of it and I'm definitely someone who wants to and I was a little bit like that in high school as well want to give everything a go want to do the sports want to do the academic pursuits want to do the cultural stuff as well um how can I jumble it all together and and that I think leads to a lot of burnout as well so just being focused on what you want to do even if that focus is doing all of the things but just knowing why you want to do what you want to do but practical tip I'm trying to just just talk to kind of store myself as I think of something I think just being able to actually physically like catch up with friends and go on little trips and kind of little friend retreats I think is really important caught up with a really good friend over the weekend and just just chilled and that was just really nice as well so being able to have, let yourself relax and yeah sometimes is important yeah definitely and I know that you're going on a trip to Rarotonga at the end of the year are you excited to go with um and to have the opportunity to truly rest in that environment oh so excited I think it that was one of my most spontaneous things I've ever done a few friends and I we were working on a governance project because that's what you do in your evenings and we just saw an ad as we were on a joint voice call and it said like island tickets uh, flights are the sale is finishing soon come on over and we were like you know what let's be spontaneous and do it and then now we're just ferociously planning everything. But I think to bring three planners and people who are very like, yeah, everything has to be organized together for a resting, relaxing trip. She'll be an interesting time. But yeah, so looking forward to it. So much kind of in my life happening beforehand. So going to get over that, get through all that and then just relax and definitely recommend that relaxing. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, we're just about coming to the end of our time together. Um, but I just wanted to, I haven't actually told you about this, so don't be worried if you get caught off guard. Um, what are two fun facts about you that not many people know? Oh, what not many people know. I think, well, we talked about the, the fun facts about the viruses. So I've discovered and named four novel viruses. So that I think is a, a fun fact. And another fun fact is that I've represented New Zealand in chicken judging internationally so I know my way around a chicken so that's pretty fun <laughs> yeah what are the names of your chickens and what are the names of your viruses 
Okay, so I'll go viruses first. I name my viruses after my cows. So in the bacteriophage world, you can name them whatever you want. You can name them after your friends. You just can't name them after yourself. So I name them after my cows. So we've got Inca, Mani, Sephora, and Nelly. So Inca was my main virus. And then my chickens, I've got lots of different, yeah, different chickens. They've got really random names, but I've started naming them after Star Wars puns. So I've got Luke Skyskalker and Princess Leia. So some of my little babies. Oh, I'm such a cool person. <laughs> wow, thank you so much. Um, I know it can be quite a vulnerable conversation, especially talking about how we're imperfect um, in the professional world, but most importantly for sharing with us about your chickens and cows. Um, uh, but pretty much that's us. A huge thanks um, for joining us this week. I've loved hearing all of your feedback and ideas as of last week's podcast. It's been greatly appreciated. Um, a huge thank you goes to Courtney. We have so enjoyed having you on. Um, and getting to hear everything about your very successful but also very impactful life. Um, I hope you all have an epic week, giving yourself grace to go out and be a cool, kind, imperfect human. Bye. Kia ora e hoa. Hi, this is Nora from the future, aka Nora one week from when this podcast was initially recorded because I lost the audio and I'm technologically challenged. Anyway, I continue to say yeah, definitely, like 12 times throughout this podcast and so I hope that it wasn't as triggering for you as what it was for me when I was listening back to the audio. I'm just trying to be open and honest as to this whole podcasting process and the learnings that I have from it. But I hope that you go out and have an epic week remembering to be cool, kind, imperfect humans. Love you. Bye.